Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Uh, wow, that's good. That's really good. Welcome to Stand Up Tragedy. My name's Dave, and I'll be your host this evening. I'm very pleased that all of you can join me downstairs here at the Leicester Square Theatre. I haven't slept all weekend, so uh, we may be watching uh, an interesting, tragic uh, performance where I <laughs> gradually wilt and die. Excitingly, we're finally breaking out the piano tonight to uh, this room full of excited people. Our first act will be Alex Holmes, who will be using this piano to play us a sad song. Please welcome Alex to the stage. <laughs> in a lifetime of daydreams Whisper of secrets in a silver haze Diamonds are falling out of the sky Listen, it's calling for your reply It's time now to look at the crowd It's time now to breathe out loud No one can cut you down Find more Alex Holmes at 
www.alexholmesmusic.com So the next stand-up tragedy live show will be on the 7th of May. We're going to a new time, 8.30 till late. It's going to be a longer show with an interval, more time to drink, more time to see tragedy. And it's going to be a great show. We've got a really top-notch lineup. We've got Ben Target, or Ben Target, as some people pronounce it. We've got the Twisted Twins. They're going to be playing. I think I'm going to be bringing my ukulele along and playing a couple of songs, so we'll have a few ukulele-based songs. We're going to have James McKay, who performs the Book of Job. Tanya Hirschman and Vanessa Gebby will both be doing new fiction. We've got a true story from Tony Hickson. We're going to have a performance of a new short story called The House That Jack Built, written by Jenny Adamthwaite and performed by Louise Adams. That's going to be really great. We've got music from Anton Frank. We've got more comedy from Alison Thea Scott and John Kearns. And we've got some creative non-fiction by Natalie Hurahan. And the whole night is a really good mix of acts. I'm really pleased to be able to invite you to all come along. It only costs you £10 or £8. If you use the offer code TRAGIC when you book online, you get a couple of quid knocked off, which pretty much evens out the booking fee. Come along. Really do. It's going to be great. How can we get tickets, though? You may be asking, well, it's easy. You can get them from the Leicester Square Theatre box office. There's links to all of that stuff on the Stand Up Tragedy website, which is www.standuptragedy.co.uk. We've got loads of stuff on there, actually, so you might as well go on and have a look. We've got podcasts of all of the previous shows. We've got videos. We've got stories. We've got all sorts of things linked up on there. So that's the way to do it. And now, on with the show. We have some tragic comedy for you all now uh, from Beck Hill. For more Beck Hill, go to www.beckhillcomedian.com or Be Chill Comedian, which is, which is how my mind keeps reading it. Um, <laughs> welcome Beck to the stage. I'm a little bit worried that this might be tragic comedy for the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> thank you uh, very much for having me along. Give me a groan if any of you have friends who have started having babies. Oh. Oh, yes, my people! <laughs> I was trying to work out what to talk about tonight and then I figured, you know what? The tragedy that we all face is when we lose our friends to their children. It's really horrible, isn't it? And I knew I'd find you here in a basement after work. It's um, just how it works, isn't it? My, uh, my friends, they have started having babies. And um, I don't like it because babies scare me. Like, not, not to the point that um, if I'm in the same room as one, I have to get under a glass with a piece of paper and, like, throw it out the window. It doesn't work quite the same. Um, they just kind of give me the creeps. I kind of think they're a bit like tiny milk vampires. That's how I see babies. I, I, I don't like, because my friends make me hold babies, but I don't like it when they do that. They do, don't they? They make you, and they're like, yeah, they're like, I don't want to touch her. I know where it's been. I know where it came from. So <laughs> my kind of scene, please. And my friend gave it to me. My friend gave the baby to me and it vomited on me. Yeah, she tried to make me feel better by saying, it's okay. When they're that young, it's not vomit, just milk. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel any better, does it? 
don't want milk that's been inside two people in one day. <laughs> I made that mistake that we all make. And I looked into its eyes. You should never look into its eyes. <laughs> you don't do it, do you? I did. I looked into its eyes and I went, one ugly baby. <laughs> now in hindsight I probably shouldn't have said it out loud. Uh, but like okay stay with me on this one right. It was a really ugly baby. You know how some people are like ah oh, it looks just like its dad. Oh it looks just like its dad. This baby looked exactly like her dad. Like exactly like it. Like a tiny tiny man. This baby had stubble. <laughs> That's not what a cute baby has. This baby had the face of someone who had seen better days. That's not the face a baby should have. And I shouldn't have said those things out loud either, but I can't help myself. I'm really immature. Like, I still laugh when you're in the shower and you squeeze a shampoo bottle and makes a fart sound. <laughs> stuff. I live for it. Uh, for years, I thought that in France, Lego, it's just cold go. That's how mature I am. Yep, yeah, I have the legal right to vote. That's right, me. The same person who thought that Stephen Hawking was American because of his accent. <laughs> I don't feel like an adult. Society says that I'm one. I don't think anyone even knows what an adult is, do they? Ironically, adult education was more about what makes a baby, not what makes an adult. And the only thing I took away from that class was my teacher standing at the front and saying, There is nothing funny about syphilis. <laughs> I put up my hand and said, what if your doctor has a lisp? <laughs> you guys are really nice, it's a really nice crowd. Um, no, I mean that. I, I, like I, I had a nice gig last night as well. It was just a tight five. And they were really, really respectful audience. Yeah, they were so respectful, they gave me a minute's silence. <laughs> five times in a row. Um, and that is the tragedy. I, and I think anyone who's either seen a lot of comedy or performed before, you'll know this, that the silence is the worst treatment you could get from an audience. It's not, it's not like heckling. You can come back to heckling. You can try and save yourself from it. But silence, that is just deadly. It's really horrible. And I did this set just to nothing. And at the end of it, I realised that I felt like Marty McFly in Back to the Future, and he does that solo at the end of Johnny Be Good, and he looks up and everyone's just staring at him. So I said to them, well, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. <laughs> but your kids are gonna love it. Of course, being that sort of audience, they didn't get the reference. I'm glad that you guys did that. Makes it all the more better. Um, I mean, it's, just a, it's just a short set tonight, but I thought I might, um, I, well, seeing as we're in Soho, I might as well ask. Um, have any of you got a backup plan for what you would do if someone tried to mug you? No. Kind of. No, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, what's your backup? Well, I mean, I, I just would give them, well, I, I would give them everything I've got, and I would also, uh, you know, I've got this sort of weird little fantasy where I'm going to tell them, you know, that I don't 
and very much money. And <laughs> <laughs> everyone has that fantasy. Like everyone who's yeah, ever got mugged has thought, oh, I think I'll just tell them how much I really want my money. That yeah. will stop them. But I like the fact, um, for anyone on the podcast, uh, the audience member just said that they would uh, try to appeal to their moral senses. And still give them the things, but try and make them feel really guilty about it. Um, I, I like that. I like the fact that no one else has a backup plan, and that's the best one. Um, that's, is anyone walking home tonight? Alone. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just need a new phone. Uh, I, uh, the reason I ask, uh, why well, one of my friends, her backup plan, she said she would pretend to faint, which I do think is worse than your plan. I think fainting is just making it one step easier for them, other than giving them the stuff. Just let them help themselves. No, I can't see them. I can't see them looking at someone fainting on the ground and going. Oh, well, hardly seems fun anymore, does it? And they're just walking off. That's not how it works, is it? And my other friend, he had the best backup plan when someone tried to mug him, and he said, I didn't know it was your birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> Damn it, it's not my... Shh. <laughs> Here, let me help you with those bags. And he starts picking up the bags that don't exist and walking along with them. Meanwhile, the mugger got so confused, he ran off. <laughs> I think that's the best way to come back to a mugging. Now, the worst way to come back to a mugging is how I came back to my mugging, which was that I pretended to be deaf. <laughs> now, hear me out. Some of you laughing, some of you thinking, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> The reason is because I stay up really late. I really like reruns. I really like those sorts of things. And I love it when the when you get the sign interpreter. I think that's amazing because you learn some brilliant words that you would never learn otherwise. Like I was watching the Catherine Tate show. And this, that's giant cocksucker. <laughs> the thing I like about the most is anyone listening to the podcast is just going to have to guess what that sign is. <laughs> And I, it was really exciting. The problem is, though, I never learned enough to really get by in a conversation, and I never really learned it properly. So. My reaction was me standing in the middle of the street and doing this. I'm a pony. I can't do it. Okay, now I understand. If deaf was a race of people, that's a really racist accent, isn't it? Like, you know, that's not a good accent, it's not a good impression, it's not, you don't go to dinner parties and everyone's like, hey Beck, do your deaf impression, <laughs> and it's spot on, right, that's not, it's not acceptable, but I didn't have anything else to go on, so it just ended up with me standing in the street, I'll be honest with you, this perplexed them, now for a while, one turned to the other and went, Ray, do you think she's deaf? <laughs> <laughs> the other one went, no. Still got her iPod on, eh? Because <laughs> that is the one accessory you should not wear while pretending to be deaf. Uh, so Carla did get me back. They stole my iPod. The <laughs> podcast listeners, I just signed Massive Cocksucker. Look it up on Google. Thank you very much, everyone. I've been Meg Hill. If you've enjoyed tonight, 
All of you? <laughs> Please tell people about it. We also have stand-up tragedy hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, badges, and even underwear and dog coats uh, <laughs> that you can buy uh, from uh, the website for a very expensive price, I'm afraid, but it's print-on-demand, so we don't uh, lose anything. If you prefer, you could donate some money to try and help us to uh, pay people a bit more than we're paying at the moment and uh, to do more with this night. You can find all about that and about future tragedy at www.standuptragedy.co.uk. If you're a fan of the logo, go and check out www.shavenravendesigns.co.uk where you can find out how to get a great logo like this one or other brilliant design work done for you at a reasonable price by a really fantastic designer. We're uh, releasing extracts from the nights as free podcasts available through iTunes, SoundCloud and the Stitcher Smart Radio app, which is free. So if you've got a smartphone, you might as well get that. The tragedy is over, so let's all leave.